So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode 31 of So So There. there. I'm Gary Doyle. Ah, you changed the format a little. And I'm Tom Karamitis. No, wait, how did I change the format? Well, usually the person who says the episode introduces themselves first. Wow. That's fine. It's COVID. I understand the fever is... <laughs> it's a little, that's a little glimpse into Tom Karamitis' uh, raging anal compulsiveness. <laughs> hey, do it once, you do it right. No mistakes, no apologies. Whoa. So how have you been doing sequestered? Uh, fine, fine, yeah, I, uh, gotten acclimated to working from home, I, uh, I'm fine with it, good with it, um, you know, wish we could do it full time, or at least part time, how are you doing? I'm doing okay with it, uh, uh, yeah, I, and I think th- certain things that were were kind of really problematic for a while, I think, have gotten a little bit better. The 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 utter breakdown of boundaries, um, where you know you were kind of at the mercy of both people who were like to work in the morning and people who like to work in the evening, and you get stuck in the middle having to deal with everybody. I, I feel like some of those things have gotten a little better. Trying to uh, limit, you know, the amount of emailing that goes on at night. You know, just to kind of have a finally have a definitive end to the workday. So yeah, I think in some ways it's it's gotten better. I still miss human contact and and the things we talked about last time, which are like walking down the hall and having a quick conversation with a person and resolving something quickly that you don't do now. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess. I guess. I'll tell you the hardest thing. The hardest thing working from home for me is the, uh, I don't know if you have these in Lake Zurich, but uh, the landscapers, just nonstop, you know, the landscapers at, at, uh, in, in, uh, in your neighbor's yards, you know. You mean like it's the lawn like mowing a, services and things? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a, uh, you know, it's 8 a.m starts off and it's like a giant swarm of bees outside your house you know these leaf blowers like it's like oh my god yeah that's that's a struggle although i would take that over i i see the people who are who struggle with having toddlers jump up onto their lap during a conference call and just imagine just having to deal with keeping kids entertained and occupied and yeah. educated and all of that at the same time. I, I just, uh, I'll take a lawnmower over that, I think. It's a much different deal with kids, for sure. Yeah. I have my dog jumping into my lap. Voltan? My pug. Voltan. Yes. Voltan, the unyielding, and he does not yield. I wanted to uh, share a letter I got from you from the North Shore Water Reclamation District. And this is the people that treat our water in Lake Bluff. 
And I wish I could, I wish this was a video podcast so I could share the letter visually with you. But it says no fewer than six times, we are all in this together. So that's the headline. We are all in this together. And then it says the Board of Trustees of the North Shore Water Reclamation District extends its well wishes to you and your family. We are all in this together and we want to reassure you that we are here to work with you and help you if we can. And it goes on to say, you know, if you uh, want to pay your bills, you can call this number and or email this number because we are all in this together. And then <laughs> later on in the letter, it says, these are challenging times and we appreciate your concerns. We are confident we will serve your needs at this time because <laughs> we are all in this together. <laughs> Somebody times. decided they needed to crank that letter out in the five minutes before they ended their work day. I think we talked about this last time, but why do advertisers feel the need to assure us that we are in this together? There's a, there's a, there's a local community center here that that people have taken to placing yard signs for some reason this community center made signs and the signs say even though we are apart we are in this together did i need to be reminded of that okay yeah you know to me that uh it also gets into a, a broader topic of 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 connecting with brands and how much connecting do people really want to do? I remember right before COVID, I was walking home from the train, walking home from the office to the train, and um, there was a little thing going on at the, um, the what do they call it, the Thompson Center. Uh, there had been some kind of event, and then there were banners, and they're breaking it down, they're putting stuff away, and there were banners, and one of the banners said, "Follow us on trident tridentgum.com." <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of thought, you know, no matter how much of, an, of a trident gum enthusiast I might be, would I really go to the effort to kind of following them on, on, on tridentgum.com? What, 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 you know, is, is this something that, are these discussions that happen in boardrooms and is it wishful thinking? Do, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are, they have 50,000 followers on tridentgum.com. I'll, I'll bet you they do. Brand enthusiasts, extreme brand enthusiasts. <laughs> you know, um, Trident gum was the gum that said four out of five dentists prefer Trident, wasn't it? Yes, but I would. Uh, I think they said patients who chew gum. Four out of five dentists surveyed. Sur- <laughs> <laughs> um, that means they surveyed five dentists. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we have our 80%. We can stop. Okay, so while I was talking to you, I just would like to say that I looked up Trident. Their Facebook page has 14 million followers. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes. All right. 14,131 followers on the Trident page. I stand corrected. Their tagline seems to be Chew Through. Because we're all in this together. <laughs> I was going to say, it's just another, it's just another exhortatory message from an advertiser. <laughs> chew through this. We can all chew through this difficult time that we're in. There's rioting in the streets. There's a rampant pandemic. But you know what, America? Chew through. 
And you know, Gary, through all of this, everyone seems to have a logo right now. It's funny you mention that because I was just looking at the uh, North Shore Water Reclamation District. They have a logo. It's a little wave pattern in various shades of blue. Um, and, you know, I, I have a logo, Tom. In fact, I have my own Doyle family crest. I, I just had it created, but the, the problem is I, I don't know where to put it. I used to have it on a giant flagpole in my front yard, but the neighbors are starting to complain. Well, can I offer a suggestion? Oh, perhaps my you neighbors should look... would welcome that as well. Yeah. <laughs> perhaps you should look into the Midwest Promotional Group. Midwest Promotional Group, Tom? Yes, Gary. They're at the center of customization. You name it, they brand it. T-shirts, check. Coffee mugs, customized AirPods, check. Apparel, you'll find, is the perfect complement to your brand, and Midwest Promotional Group gives you access to most any type for a very affordable price. They say, Tom, and I always wonder, I often wonder who these they people are, but they who are wise, when you talk about they, they tend to be wise. They say branded men merchandise helps build business relationships for any size business, big or small, be it client gifts, employee events, or trade show giveaways. Well, as we both know, they aren't always right. But in this case, they are right. Because with Midwest Promotional Group, you can access top retail brands such as Under Armour, North Face, Patagonia, Callaway, Yeti, Richardson, and more. So the next time you, Gary Doyle, need some branded merchandise work done, check out shop.midwestgrp.com forward slash Tim. Tim Leahy is one of their experienced sales guys and a very good friend of the show. So check his site out. I actually know Tim. He's a, he's a good man. I used to work with Tim at Leo Burnett. We did uh, many famous campaigns together um, that I won't go into right now because there's too many. Um, but he's a good man and, and your business uh, will enjoy doing business with him. Or, or you will too. So check his site out. He responds very quickly and is ready to simplify your life by handling your next branded merchandise need. You know, I know Tim, too, by the way, because I worked with him at Leo Burnett. Uh, so head on over. You sound a little defensive. Well, you always want to throw that in my face. I consider Tim a friend as well. So there. Head on over to shop.midwestgrp.com forward slash Tim. Again, that's shop.midwestgrp.com forward slash Tim. You know, Gary, I was going through my notes, and I, I, I take notes on little things that might be fun to talk about in the podcast, and, and most of them at this point are feel oddly dated because of the stay-at-home life we're all leading. But one of them actually felt a little timeless to me, and I thought we could maybe talk about it today. Um, uh, and it is the feeling of dread and trepidation we have when we walk into a public restroom and we put our hand on the door to open up a stall, to go into a stall. It's that feeling of dread because you don't know what you're going to find in there. And uh, the thing that occurred to me about that is I, I'm the kind of person that if, if things, if, 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 if the toilet did not flush properly or completely, I would stay in there as long as it took to make sure things are right. I would not, if, it, if I had to stay in that stall for four hours, maybe running a shuttle between the sink and the toilet 
You know, I would I would not leave the toilet. I would not leave a, a, a fecal disaster area for anyone to encounter. And I'm always amazed at the people who do. You mean don't flush? Who don't flush? And and uh, yeah, I, I, look, I think it, if you go to a sporting a fecal event, disaster area. Yeah, some have called our podcast that. <laughs> I think we came up with the title for this episode. <laughs> But I, I I understand it more at a at, at a, like a public you know at a sporting event or a concert or something like that. Uh, but at the office, I I, I don't know if it, at, at your at your office if it's if you encounter this. Uh, I still encounter it at, at my office. Mm. Uh, that it's um, I almost you know I wonder if the people who who do that just don't flush. I don't know, Tom. <clears throat> we could spend a we could spend an entire podcast on this topic and and other uh, other bathroom uh, tendencies, public bathroom tendencies. I've always been curious about about public bathrooms at work, where let's say there's there's four different stalls, you know, and and you'll be in a stall that'll let let's say be the fourth to the right, like in the end, and somebody will come in and use the stall, and instead of Instead of using a stall like two or three stalls down, which you would do if they're all empty, right? Except for one. Some, sometimes, many times, people will come and use the stall right next to you. Right? Even though there's two other, there's two other empty ones that are further away. And I find that people that, that use the stall next to you is uh, exceedingly odd and makes me uncomfortable. Why, why are you using that stall it's the me. it's the same person who will uh, sit right down next to you on the train if there are other open seats. It's the same person who desperately wants to talk to you on the elevator, and there's two of you on the elevator, and and it's uh and they they just want to say something to you, and you can sense it. You can sense it because you sense their eye contact. You sense they're looking at you, hoping for an opening. Right, and and you and you sense their need, and finally they'll say something like. These elevators are slow today. Eh? Eh? They just want to... They want that human contact. They want to... They want to They want to do their... <laughs> their fecal business next to you. They want to talk to you on the elevator. They want to sit next to you. They, wanna, they want a human connection in any form they can. Even if it means leaving their waste products behind as a, perhaps a kind of a totem, some kind of tribute to the next person who comes by. Almost like the way a, a cat might mark something, you know? They're, they're leaving their mark for you. They're, I'm giving them all the benefit of the doubt I can. I'm really, because I really truly am befuddled when I walk into a stall uh, that somebody left it that way. Those people are probably really struggling right now in these trying times because they need that human connection, right? They're struggling. And yeah. by the way, do cats mark their territory or dogs? I think dogs do, not cats. I think cats uh, mark their owners. They, they, they'll rub the side, and wild cats too do as well. They, they rub the sides of their mouth against furniture or people to kind of mark them as their territory. And I think unspayed cats will pee on things to mark it as their territory. Hmm. As you know, I'm more of a cat person. I know you're more of a dog person. Although you have both, so you, you can speak authoritatively to both. Yeah. 
I had this thought when we were walking Voltan the Unyielding the other day that I thought it'd be interesting if humans, when they were out walking, behaved like dogs did. So if humans, like, stopped and peed every 10 feet and just a little bit, like a, like a drop or two came out, you know, and then they'd move on. And if humans, like, ran right up to people and got right in their face, you know, and were like, hi, 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 and then they got right up in their face, it'd be kind of an amusing, I think that'd be an amusing SNL skit if humans behaved like dogs. I think they would, because I think if you put it in the context that the human is only going to experience about 15 minutes of outdoor freedom a day, I'd want that urination to last. If, if my time outside is defined by the length of time it takes me to urinate, I'm, I might space it out that way. I would probably enthusiastically greet everyone I ran into. It's, it would be a moment of pure joy, I think. You know, getting back to the bathroom stall thing, I just want to relay a story one time. I, I try to avoid using um, public bathrooms to do that kind of business, like at Wrigley Field, or that's just a really, like, last, you know, last resort thing, right, to uh, to sit down <laughs> in, a, in a public place. But, but one, one time I was at O'Hare, and I got off the plane, and I had to go. And there was only one stall open. And you know how um, at, at O'Hare and other, some other places, they have those revolving toilet seat covers that automatically re revolve and replace themselves? Yeah. You ever seen those? Yeah. So at O'Hare, the only, the only one that was open, the, the cover on the toilet seat is revolving nonstop. <laughs> so it was just a <laughs> It was constantly, like it was a circling plastic cover that was sort of re replacing itself nonstop. And the only way to stop it was to sit down on it <laughs> to bring it to a stop. But then the other thing that was happening was that. But also it was it was like this, this toilet that, that was out of control and had a mind of its own because also it was flushing nonstop. <laughs> and so... And so me sitting down on it stopped the plastic revolving thing from happening but it didn't stop the flushing non-stop my so guess is that non-stop for the entirety of my visit well that probably provided kind of a bidet effect on you did it not it a little did. splash action it did which would be maybe pleasant in ordinary circumstances but a, a public bidet that, <laughs> that hundreds of people have used that same bidet <laughs> that day was unpleasant well, you know what, though? When, when, when circumstances are desperate enough, we have to make great personal sacrifices. You know, you had no choice. You were in a, a, an airport public bathroom. You weren't even at the Admiral's Club bathroom. You, weren't even, you, hadn't, you were kind of at the... Were, were you past security? Because that, that, that's the, the layers of hell. You know, Dante's Inferno or whatever. It's, you know, the, 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 the public restrooms at the airport that are outside of security. That's kind of the lowest of the low, you know. At least if you've gone through security, at least you're going to the bathroom alongside other travelers, right? There's just something a little more safe about that. Yeah. You know, Tom, <laughs> <laughs> when faith... <laughs> When faced with a situation like that, you just need to chew through. Yes. You know, Trident, before, <laughs> I just want to say before I close the Trident Facebook page, it's interesting that Trident 
neither in their logo nor in their advertising has ever utilized a trident. Really? They don't have the little three-pronged... Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It seems like an obvious thing. Like a, a, a three-pronged attack on bad breath with trident. I wonder if the name trident is a take, uh, a shortened form of dent as in dental, and then tri means, does it provide great taste, cleaning, you know, so some kind of three benefits for dental. You know, I wouldn't... Yeah, maybe. But, I'm just surprised they haven't used a trident as a... Yeah. Well, they haven't changed their name to Fordent because four out of five. Ah, Quaddent. Trident. So there. Do you think we'll have any listeners left after this episode? That's a really good question. I don't think we've gotten a single piece of viewer mail uh, in, in probably a couple of months. So I'm... I think it'll be interesting if we get some listeners based on this episode from places like, I don't know if our listeners are aware of this, but we have listeners in about 15 or 20 countries. We have been in the past from Russia, Ukraine, China, France, um, on and on, Germany, on and on and on, right? And it'll be interesting if, if we get some listeners or some mail perhaps from places where the where the toilet facilities are not as advanced. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, you know, public toilets in, in a lot of Asian countries, especially like Japan, are very advanced. I mean, automated cleaning between each use, and mm. but yes, I we I, we hopefully maybe we'll get some uh, some viewer mail giving us the uh, the local situation on public restrooms. That address, by the way, is so there at yahoo.com. Yes. That's right. Yahoo.com. I was out uh, walking this morning, and I was thinking about um, uh, something from the 70s, and, and, or maybe even the early 80s. You might remember this, but um, movies in the 70s and 80s, the title music theme was referred to quite often as the love theme. There was a phrase they used to call the love theme. And I did some research. I really couldn't figure out what the, 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 the derivation of that term was. But basically, it was the, the, the main title track was called the love theme. So the love theme from, you know, whatever movie, from Ben-Hur or whatever. But it, was, it seemed to be particularly uh, done with movies that were created in the 70s. And what I wanted to propose was I think we should... Um, I'd like to resurrect this, and I'd like to establish the love theme from So There, which I would think should be the theme from Meat Boat.
Do you remember love themes, Gary? Yeah. Um, we were just, I think this is what you're talking about. We were just watching, uh, my son and uh, Tucker and Lisa were watching a movie and, and uh, we were watching An Officer and a Gentleman. And they had a theme. If you remember the theme in that movie, the movie, so the song in that movie, the key song was Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong. Joe Cocker. Mm -hmm. Remember Joe Cocker saying that? It's a duet, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And so what they would do is reprise that music throughout the movie. It wasn't sung by Joe Cocker. It was just the melody. It was like with strings or orchestrated, but they repeat it. And Tucker thought it was so so corny, which it kind of was. But they used that one theme. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Love yeah. 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 They they just kept using it as a constant theme throughout the movie. Interesting. I and I, you're probably right. I wonder if that's what makes it a love theme that it becomes a, uh, a musical metaphor that kind of comes back over and over again during the movie in different arrangements and different moods and. I thought our love theme would perhaps be played by Barry White in his Love Unlimited Orchestra. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. You're the first. You're the last. My everything. Which you have tackled in a karaoke bar. <laughs> in a strange. Louis Armstrong kind of voice that nobody ever understood. Tom Caramidas would sing uh, my first, my last, my everything, but do it not in Barry White's voice, but in a Louis Armstrong kind of Hello Dolly kind of voice. And the audience would stare slack-jawed, <laughs> perplexed. Well, ultimately, I think... Ultimately respectful. Well, I think reflexively, for me to go down into that, that, that low bass voice i think reflexively i went into a louis armstrong unintentionally but you know the great the late great barry white do you think our love theme what is our love is it our love for each other is it our love for our listeners is it our love for humanity where does where's the love theme and so there fit into love of what <laughs> <laughs> i think a lot of things are going through your mind that you're not sharing well may not be pod appropriate <laughs> like the toilet like the toilet uh detour was like how would you explain this episode you know where we've you know it's 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 our typical ping pong match of non sequiturs you know it's uh it's unrelated gibberish and maybe that's that's what we love maybe it's just uh it's the one time in our lives where we don't have to be in any way disciplined about what we're thinking about or talking about you know this is not a podcast about music but it's interesting we've had some amazing music on this between uh between the meat boat theme and uh um jane's beautiful yeah. music yeah and in jane's episode we shared some of our own musical performances i think on many times we've talked about mouth trumpet we talked early on in the podcast, we used to talk about some awful lyric writing by the Steve Miller Band and some other, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Music's always been a major part of the So There syllabus. <laughs> we're, now, we're now so clearly out of ideas that we're now talking about what we've talked about. <laughs> and, and talking about that. So on that note, so ends another episode of So, so There. there.